0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio.
1: For a free trial and 10% off your first purchase, go to squarespace.com and use offer code (laughs) NOTPLAYING. not playing with lex and dan welcome once again to not playing with lex and dan i'm lex
0: i am dan
1: and as you now know since you're a devoted and recurrent listener of this program there are too many movies that dan and i haven't seen and on this podcast we watch them together and share the experience with you uh
0: this did i did i sign up for this
1: You, you did i don't
0: i don't remember i was i think i was drunk
1: so far uh, I have a, a Heineken light on my desk right now. But this season, so far, Dan, we've watched. Let me see if I can do this in order. Beverly Hills Cop. Yep. Die Hard. Yeah. UHF.
0: C. Field of Dreams. I ran away. <laughs> and Mannequin.
1: <laughs> Hi. So we're uh, we're <laughs> stuck in the 80s. And we're continuing that with a movie that barely got released in the 80s. It's a 1989 well, flick.
0: Not unlike at least a couple of our prior ones. The 1989 appears to have been a good year for movies that we didn't see because <laughs> right. we were nine.
1: <laughs> movies that we wanted to see but that we waited until our 30s to watch.
0: Yeah. That seems good. That seems fair.
1: Uh, this is a movie that I hear referenced all the time. Okay. Um, and I, ha- I have never seen uh, it or its sequel. And what makes this surprising is that I love time travel, and it's a movie, I believe, about time travel.
0: You are correct. Yeah, tell me what you know. This is, so we, let's introduce the movie first. It is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
1: Starring Keanu Reeves and another guy.
0: Alex Winter. <laughs> he's um, not the
1: same guy from The Karate Kid, is he?
0: No, although I think he now makes documentaries. I think I saw his name on a documentary about something recently. All right. Um, so, okay, what, what else? So you, you mentioned time travel and Keanu Reeves. Those are both pretty good. Do you know anything else?
1: Here's what I know. I know that the time travel involves a uh, a telephone booth. I don't know if you have to go into the booth to travel through time or okay. you summon the t- – I don't know. But there's time machine involving a uh, – time travel in- involving a phone booth. And I believe that George Carlin is in it. But my brain wants to say that George Carlin plays God. But I think that he plays God in some other movie. and not. The- I think he plays God in some <laughs> Kevin Smith movie and not okay. in this movie.
0: Yeah. Oh no, he's a uh, yeah. Oh, so that's in um, he's in Dogma, I believe.
1: Yeah, so I, which I also haven't
0: seen. <laughs> wow. Okay. Well, maybe for our '90s edition. I think yeah, that came out in the '90s.
1: Uh, I'm trying. So I would imagine that Bill. Uh, well, I don't know which one is Bill and which one is Ted, actually, but I would imagine that the Keanu Reeves character says "Whoa." <laughs> I,
0: yeah, I would be comfortable agreeing with that.
1: Uh, and I, I truly think I know nothing
0: else about it. That's pretty good. I think you are in. For a pleasant surprise, I, I think I made this bet with you elsewhere, uh, not during this recording, but that y- this would be the movie of that I picked that you would like the most during our first season.
1: Uh, of the movies that I have screened for you so far, which one have you enjoyed the most?
0: Oh, um, I would say... Let me think. So we've seen the ones you picked out have been UHF and Mannequin. Yeah,
1: so it's really just a choice of two. It's just
0: neck and neck with them, Lex, right now. i got to be honest. <laughs> neck and neck.
1: All right. I'll keep that in mind because I have to come up with what our next film will be.
0: You do. You do. So we'll, we'll, we'll figure that out when the, uh, we, we talk about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I, uh, I
1: feel like I know that Abraham Lincoln is involved with this movie, but I have, no, okay. I have right. nothing to base that on. But I've got you're to... doing,
0: you're doing, I'll tell you, you're doing pretty well. There's stuff that you know, is not that you have not touched upon. But there, okay. I think of the stuff that you know, you you know you know a pretty good amount.
1: <laughs> All right, I'll take it.
0: Like seventy five percent. No, I...
1: <laughs> I I pretty much know the movie. I, I don't right. think that it, now this movie came out temporally. I guess after uh, Back to the Future, which I have seen, or yes. at least after the first Back to the Future. Does it follow the rules of Back to the Future? You don't have to tell me.
0: Uh I mean time travel, you know, it it varies from place to place depending on what kind of franchise you're looking at. There are some interesting time Don't things you here. Don't mean from time to time. Uh, 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 uh. I I'll tell you, a friend of mine in high school did a presentation on time travel in our physics class mm. and he cited an example from this movie. So, which happens to be one of my favorite time travel scenes of all time. I'll <laughs> point it out when we get there.
1: A favorite time travel scene of all time it, is pretty great.
0: It, it maybe seem it may seem specific, but I will just I think you I think I will share it with you when we get there.
1: I, well, I look forward to it. All I right. really, I, I, I think of all the movies we've watched thus far, this is the one about which I know the least.
0: Okay, great. Okay. I, I love it. Let's do this thing. All right. So we've uh, advanced our copies of the movie to right after the, was it Nelson Entertainment logo? So it's got like a column, like the, I assume it's A very Nelson, 80s from column. From London. Yeah. Uh, is faded out to black. And uh, we're going to hit play after one. So, I'm going to count us in.
1: Three, two, one. Dan, as you may or may not know, this episode is our first not playing episode with a sponsor. Our sponsor who is
0: our sponsor, Lex?
1: Well, the episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Maybe you've heard of them. They're the all-in-one platform that makes it fast and easy to create your own professional website or online portfolio for a free trial and ten percent off your first purchase at Squarespace. Go to Squarespace.com and use offer code NOT Playing. That's not playing. All one word N-O-T-P-L-A-Y-I-N-G.
0: That is pretty easy to remember. And you know what else is easy, I hear, uh, building a website with Squarespace? I'll tell you what is not easy. Uh, I've got a, a WordPress blog somewhere else right now, and right now all the pages are just blank.
1: I don't know why. Um, I know why. It's because you're using WordPress <laughs> instead of using something like Squarespace.
0: I, You know, our, our readers may be wiser than I am. Right. And our readers, yes. Our dear readers here at Not Playing <laughs> the, who read the transcripts of the podcast that we faithfully produce every That's week, right. typing them out. But I, you and I
1: have both suffered the indignities of WordPress and whatnot. And it, I mean, you can get those things to work if you're willing to spend countless hours in swear words. But then you go to Squarespace, and I have built sites in Squarespace. And when you build a site using Squarespace, it's just it's remarkable how painless it is. It really and that's the nice thing. Because Squarespace, as you may know, sponsors a lot of podcasts. Uh, and it's different from you know if like you know I don't know, something disgusting and horrible like if dirt and mud were sponsoring a podcast, <laughs> you'd be like, man, I guess I'll take their money. But that's very unpleasant to be promoting mud. But Squarespace, I've used. It. it's really good it works it gets the job done
0: well we're here to make people's lives easier from uh you know watching movies to building websites so you i know, feel like this is providing a service
1: they're at that exactly right and squarespace is constantly improving their platform with new features and new designs and better support they offer support 24 hours a day seven days a week so you wait till next year's christmas rolls around and you email the support they're going to answer you because somebody's working Every single I, day.
0: Let me ask you, how much does this magical service cost me? Starts
1: at $8 a month, and that includes a free domain name if you sign Ooh. up for a year. And don't forget, our listeners get 10% off.
0: That's a pretty good deal, because that's, that basically is not cheap if you want to sign up for just a domain name, period. So that's kind of like an extra little bonus there.
1: Exactly right. And uh, you should know, Dan, I don't know if you have an iPhone or an iPad, but every design automatically includes a unique mobile experience that matches the overall style of your site, so it looks great on every device, every time.
0: Even on the touchscreen embedded into my refrigerator?
1: Absolutely. And Dan, here's Fantastic. the best part. You can start your free trial with no credit card required, okay? So just go to squarespace.com. Use our offer code, not playing. Otherwise, Dan and I can't get retirement money. 10% off your first purchase to support not playing. Thank you to Squarespace for supporting not playing.
0: Yeah, you guys are great. We appreciate
1: it. Not only are, is Squarespace everything you need to create an exceptional website, I would also venture to say they're everything I need to create an exceptional podcast with you.
0: Oh, that's sweet. Thanks, Squarespace. You guys are great. All right. Well, Lexes Preston Esquire. Yes. You you have actually seen Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure now. Congratulations.
1: Thank you, Dan Daniel Moore, and I appreciate that. Uh, How are you feeling? I'm feeling good. I I definitely enjoyed it. I think that it was, the tone was exactly what I would have predicted. In that it was it was a knowingly self aware stupid comedy, and I tend to enjoy self aware stupid comedies. Uh, I do agree with you that um, that Keanu put in a very impressive performance, and I don't mean that like ironically. I think that he committed to the role and really did a nice job with it, and I think that the, the other guy did too. <laughs> But I think
0: uh, poor Alex Winter. Sorry, Alex Winter.
1: Did he do anything else besides make documentaries? Um,
0: a couple other movies, but I, he never quite achieved the same escape velocity as his compatriot. All right,
1: but I mean, I thought I, I thought that those two did a really nice job, and I thought that uh, uh, that George Carlin did a nice job. I wished his role was bigger because I enjoyed yes. every minute that he was on screen.
0: Well, George Carlin is a consummate professional, no matter where he is. Yeah. And I, it's great that they got him for this movie. His part is small but crucial. I right. think we can agree. Right. And it's interesting because it is such a big ensemble cast, right? I mean, I don't know who I, – I don't know any of those other actors who play all the historical figures. But I think they all do a pretty good job. Yeah, no, I would say
1: they were all pretty good. They're not asked to
0: do a lot.
1: I'm guessing that Bill S. Preston's uh, – well, the, the actor's next big role was the sequel.
0: <laughs> yes, that is true. Um, and I will say this about the sequel – uh, you might expect based on this movie, uh, this seems kind of like a one-hit kind of thing, right? Right. The sequel's actually pretty good. In fact, I, I would argue it's underrated. Um, though I have heard a lot of people express their uh, their like for it as well. Okay. Uh, I, I'd say it's worth watching. I, I, I actually, I actually saw Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey in the theater. Uh, there is some time travel stuff in it, but there's actually it, it goes a little bit more into. Almost parody realm, but it's actually pretty good. Interesting. Um, well, my, I'm, uh, I'm intrigued. Yeah, I mean, it, it, I, if you liked this movie, I think you would probably like Bogus Journey. I, I, it's, it's. Go ahead. I was gonna say it's it's one of those things where I would agree. I mean, like we saw this the whole thing with Mannequin, right? Where they're like, "Oh, we need to capitalize on the success of Mannequin by making a second Mannequin," <laughs> which was terrible.
1: <laughs> so we've heard. Neither of us have seen this.
0: So we've heard. I mean. <laughs> Everybody seems to agree on that
1: front. <laughs> really, how could it not be? <laughs> but no, I, I could see how this movie could have a successful sequel. I'm I'm willing to accept that.
0: And I believe it spawned a cartoon as well.
1: Yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures, the TV series, uh, aired from 1990 to 1991, with all the main actors resuming their roles.
0: That is impressive. Uh, at- I remember watching a couple episodes of it. But I don't remember that. I mean, I, I guess it wasn't on that long. It sounds like it was only on about a year. Okay, so
1: here's what's weird: is Keanu Reeves was in 13 episodes, Alex Winter was in 13 episodes, and then Evan Richards was in eight eight episodes, also as Bill Preston. So uh,
0: apparently, he got another job. Yeah, yeah. So, but
1: and George Carlin uh, resumed the role of Rufus for the cartoon as well.
0: So I mean, what else was he doing?
1: I'll, yeah, I'll have to look that one up. But yeah, I um, I, I really liked it. So. For, I think that for whatever reason, Back to the Future has established its place in the time travel movie pantheon. And that's sort of what you judge many time travel things against. And for a movie that was released very close to when the original uh, Mm -hmm. Back to the Future came out, I feel like Bill and Ted's really carved out its own take and its own reason to exist as a time travel comedy, which I I think is to its credit. It doesn't feel in any way derivative.
0: In fact, it comes out, I think it probably comes out around the same time as Back to the Future 3, which I believe came out in 89 as well. Yeah. So they are contemporaries. Um, so interestingly, I'm, I'm reading at the Wikipedia page, in earlier drafts of the script, Rufus was 28 years old, and <laughs> historical figures that Bill and Ted, Ted plucked from history including included Charlemagne, who they refer to as Charlie Mangay. <laughs> Babe Ruth, and a non-famous medieval person called John the Serf. John is listed in the credits. (laughs) Uh, Originally, the Time Machine was to be a 1969 Chevrolet van, but the idea was abandoned as being too close in the concept to the DeLorean, used in Back to the Future. Instead, despite these similarities to Doctor Who's Time Machine, the TARDIS, the Time Machine was styled after a 1960s American telephone booth. uh,
1: So, I just realized... I I can't say I recognized him from this role, but it's a role that I do remember. Uh, The... um Terry Camilleri, who played Napoleon, mm-hmm. uh, Emperor Napoleon the First, was also in the movie *The Truman Show* as oh, really? Man in Bathtub. And I absolutely wow. know exactly who Man in Bathtub wow. is in *The Truman Show* because you, you see him on occasion watching *The Truman Show*, <laughs> like you see him watching the show within the movie.
0: And I, oh yeah yeah okay I recall that. That's uh, that's very very you odd. You can
1: Google for his image and see him and there he is and it's totally Napoleon in the bathtub watching Truman. <laughs> it's crazy.
0: <laughs> well, I mean all these guys had to have their their time to, you know, do something I guess, right? right? Like they're all actors, they're working actors. Right. I, I
1: have no problem with his having done the Truman Show scene. Um, he does a lot of scenes a lot of movies where he doesn't really speak any English words, I guess. <laughs> but i don't know i uh, so here's what i i i really liked that the movie a accepted that time travel could be a powerful essentially omnipotent tool for its characters and at the same time because it wouldn't have served the movie did not get hung up on any of the paradoxes of time travel or the problems that their shenanigans created the bubblegum for the cavemen etc
0: well, it wouldn't have been, I mean, in the spirit of the movie, right? I think that's what it comes down to, is Back to the Future, for all its credits, and I, I love Back to the Future, as I know you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it It's much more, I won't say a drama, but it definitely plays with the idea of time travel for telling sort of a dramatic story, whereas this is an out-and-out comedy. Yes. Um, and I think that it goes with that tone and decides, you know, we're just going to run with it. We're going It's all going to be tongue-in-cheek. Um, it, to me, the thing that's surprising about this is that I feel like the jokes still land. I'm not sure they're all great jokes, but uh, you know the sensibilities of it seem to remain constant. Maybe I I wonder what if it would be as funny to someone who had not lived through that era.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean you have to appreciate that the 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 voices they're doing aren't totally fake. (laughs) You have to appreciate that their characters are somewhat believable for their. I mean caricatures of their era, but still believable for it. Right, Uh, but uh, I mean. I think it's funny. Honestly, I think the totally inappropriate joke that we referenced, the homophobic joke in the middle of the movie, was pretty funny. <laughs> <laughs> I, was it middle of the movie? Yeah, where they – It was, yes. They, yes, when they're in English. They hug it out and then immediately distance themselves. <laughs> I don't know. Although you couldn't make that joke uh, also
0: today, Also Of the time, I think in some ways, in, in as we discussed with Mannequin, with these sort of casual uh, homophobia, it's like, well, I mean, what are you gonna do about that? It's 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 of its it's of its era, uh, you know. It's clearly about the fact that they're uncomfortable with it, right? Yes, I think if you made that movie today, you know that that would not really work. I had totally forgotten that scene entirely, and sure, I'm not even sure I registered it as a kid. Right
1: now, I will say that um, I don't feel great about the career of uh, the man who played Genghis Khan. Uh, The actor's name is Al Leong, and I was just looking at some of his other credits.
0: Uh, I I happen to have that open as well. On the
1: A-Team, he played Thug at Boat, Chow's Henchman, and Asian-Looking Thug. Uh,
0: All great roles, I'm sure. He was in both Lethal Weapon as Endo, Villainous Torturer slash Band Director, and in lethal weapon 4 as nameless he was he
1: was in several movies that we have focused on he was in die hard as uli
0: oh yeah oh i can totally yeah he's one of the I, he's one of the terrorists i remember him well because he's like the one asian guy in the group of mostly German thug and Russian thugs.
1: Although he is not in Beverly Hills Cop, he is in Beverly Hills Cop 3. I saw that as well. He's got that going
0: for him. That's pretty good. Lots of thugs. Lots of villains.
1: But uh, I don't know. So yes, I will say that this movie is, uh, I would give it uh, a Lex Friedman seal of approval. I can't swear. So Beverly Hills Cop, I don't feel like, was consistently funny throughout, or at least the comedy Mm -hmm. didn't hold up as well yeah i agree die hard i think was still overall the more entertaining movie if i was going to watch one of these movies again i liked them both a lot between die hard and bill and ted's but i can't say for sure that i 100 agree with your assessment that this is my favorite i think it's a very okay, close competition fair. with die hard
0: i i would argue die hard is a better movie um just in terms of the way that it's constructed i think it's <laughs> Two very similar it's, it's got a little more going on yeah <laughs> But I think this one is is solid, and as a cult movie, I, I think that it's definitely it's definitely up there. It is. I'm not a huge fan of just out and out comedies most of the time, but this one definitely makes my list in terms of you know films that feature more than anything else on the comedic side. Right. Uh, it reminds. In fact, I think it, you know it has to do with that same sort of thing that you were talking about, the sort of knowing stupid comedies. Yes. Because I would put this in a category with something like uh, Zoolander, which also is a knowing stupid comedy that I enjoy.
1: Okay. Okay, I'm with you. I feel that way, actually, about many Ben Stiller movies. That's fair. Um, But, yeah, I I really like this. I thought it was uh, well done and surprisingly well acted. I think that for no real reason that I I kind of expect... Actually, the reason is Keanu Reeves. (laughs) I expected that the performances would be phoned in. And I don't feel like they were. I feel like everybody committed to making this movie as ridiculous as it was, which I appreciated.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if this is... I mean, so this is 1989. I think Point Break comes earlier. I want to say 1986 or something. Um, but uh-huh, I'm looking to see. 1991 is Point Break. Oh, was it later? Really? Yeah. Okay. That's a I'm, swing I'm and a miss. Then in, this, in that fact, this may be one of his break breakthrough roles. I think I'm looking at his earlier ones and just seeing. The only thing I recognize, I guess he was in Babes in Toyland in 1986. <laughs> and uh, Dangerous Liaisons, which I know was... Was a, a somewhat bigger movie, although I think he was probably playing a secondary part. But I think this probably put him in the uh, yeah. He was also in Parenthood in 1989. Wow. Um. So yes, the original Steve Martin version. Right. I think he plays the uh, boyfriend of one of the daughters. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah. So I, I mean, he had. I think he had a good year in 1989. And that kind of loaded him into popular culture because then he goes on to Point Break and My Own Private Idaho, now, do you, and then he's kind of a hot commodity in the in the early nineties, right? Now, do you
1: believe that it's that this movie le- led to Keanu's, if not being typecast, then at least being you know societally typecast? Or do you think that it was just the part he was born to play? Or do you think it's just unfair? Like, <laughs> how would you? What's your analysis there? Because to me,
0: I think there's probably a mix of
1: both. Yeah. Go ahead. Explain Be-
0: further. Because, Well, I mean, I think that Keanu Reeves, uh, who I think is – he's kind of in that Tom Cruise vein where it's like he doesn't have a lot of range. But if you put him in a certain type of role, he is perfectly serviceable in that type of role. But I don't – I feel that the movies where they've asked him to stretch more – I'm thinking I was looking over his list. And I'm thinking of the, uh, the Kenneth Branagh version of Much Ado About Nothing which, in which he plays the villain, Don John. He is the weakest link in a movie that otherwise has a pretty good solid cast. To my mind, and I think that's because that might be a little bit beyond what he is best at. But if you put him in something like this, or I would say the other movie that I enjoy him in is The Matrix, even though that movie is flawed in many ways. But I I like that movie, and I think he does a good job because that role is sort of tuned to the kind of thing he does well. Right. So I think there's some of both of that that he both got typecast because of this, but in that might be the best thing for him. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Because for me, you know, seeing this movie now years after I've seen every other Keanu Reeves thing, um, it seems exactly in keeping with his his character as I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I enjoyed it. I thought he, you know, I, I I do feel like he was acting. I've seen Speed. I know the man has range, uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I was impressed. I liked it. Thank you for selecting the movie.
0: Well, I'm glad that you uh, you enjoyed it, and I'm glad to be able to share with you my favorite scene in time travel movies where... They talk about all the things they're gonna do later, yeah. and thus it ripples backwards in time. The keys thing—I don't know—I just I love that. It scene. was pretty great. We go back in the future and put our keys here. Whoa! Now you
1: say you don't like—you uh, generally don't love stupid comedies. So I hear that, and my first thought is, well, I should make him suffer through a stupid comedy then. So I'm thinking, <laughs> like, is it History of the World? Is it National Lampoon's Vacation? Uh, Young Einstein. But what I think I'm gonna do. Uh, I don't know. So I'm torn right now between something like, I guess I want to keep it in the 80s. Okay, so I want to do, I think I am going to have you subject you to National Lampoon's Vacation, which is an excellent comedy.
0: Wow. That's uh, Chevy Chase, right? That's correct.
1: And you've never seen any of the Griswold National Lampoon Vacation films, and I feel like it's a good time for you to start. So that's what you have to look forward to.
0: All right. I'm I'm looking forward to that then. And I will... uh... I hope to enjoy it as much as you seem to have enjoyed this. Well,
1: thank you. And thanks to the dear listeners for joining us for another edition of Not Playing with Lex and Dan.
0: We'll see you next time. Bye.
1: And this was before the era of GoPro, so they really had to
0: do this. Also, before the era of GoPros, so someone had to like carry a giant camcorder down this. That's what I just said. You said Velcro. I said GoPro.
1: Oh. Velcro wouldn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know what you were talking about.